Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Streets raise me, born in 80s, baby. Lord, save me, because today I'm going crazy with this bullshit. Welcome to episode three of the nine to five killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today, I'll be joined by my two supreme killers, my father, Glenn Graham Sr. and my beautiful mother, Beverly Graham. You ready, dad? Yeah, we're ready. All right, great, great. You ready? Okay, dad, welcome to the podcast. So I have a question. Um, So where did your mom grow up? Uh, we grew up in uh, Costa Rica. You know, that's in Central America. And what was the what was the um, the area called of Costa Rica that you grew up in? It was uh, Port Limon. Okay, you was in Port de Limon? Yes. And mom, where did you grow up in? The same area? Same area. Okay. Port did, Limon. I never asked you guys this, but did you guys, did you two meet here or did you meet in Costa Rica? We, re- we meet right here in the United States. Oh, okay, okay. And Dad, how many how many brothers how many brothers and sisters do you have total? Okay, by mother's side we have seven brothers and one sister. I do have other half brothers, you know, with different mothers. Okay. And and um and mom, how many do you have? How many siblings on your side? Seven sisters and three brothers. Seven sisters and three brothers. Why yeah. didn't I know that? <laughs> okay. So Let's start with um, your your I guess your journey your journey to the U.S. What dad? What made you decide to to um, first like in your family? What what made you decide to one day come to to America? Did you always think about that, or is that something that you decided down the road? Yes, we all had that in mind. And uh, my my younger brother, the one that follows me, he was here before. He was here from nineteen sixty four. So then I figured he's here, I could have a little uh, backing, so to speak. Okay. So he did that, he called me, you know, I called him up and uh, he responded and I made a trip over here in 1969. So you came here in 1969 and the brother you're talking uh, about is, um, which brother is that? Uh, Noel, the one that had a real estate business and insurance company. Okay. He has own insurance. Okay. So how old were you when you came here, dad? Twenty-nine. Okay, you were twenty-nine. Twenty-nine going on at thirty. Twenty-nine going on thirty. Okay, and yep. when you when you when you originally now you told me a lot of stories about growing up, and uh, you worked on a you worked on a farm. Oh yes, well, we planted cocoa from the grain up. You know, we made a, like a nursery with mm-hmm. the seeds, and when they grew up, we took them to the farm and planted them. And we raise, you know, we clean them up and see them grow up until we were able to reap uh, the cocoa and uh, send it away to different uh, places. Okay. And and mom, um, what what is your what is your um, upbringing growing up? Did you do some similar things, or were you were you um, what were you doing for work when you were in Costa Rica? No. Well, my my mother was a seamstress, and I would help her. You know, she made clothing for weddings and stuff like that, and bake baking. That's why your mom knows to bake. Oh yeah, I, I can attest that that your baking skills are definitely there. I like that. Yeah. 
And so what would you, what would you, um, what would both of you, this question is for both of you. What was, what was it in you guys? Cause you, as I tell a lot of people, you guys are my first nine to five killers that I, that I've seen now you, both of you haven't really ever told me to pursue my passion as an entrepreneur, but I definitely seen you guys both have that itch to do it. So could you both tell me, um, dad, first you, what was your first, what was your, your first job as an entrepreneur? Well, uh, going back, I want to way back with, uh, with my dad. We always in some type of business. He planted cocoa and, and uh, sold it. We, he planted uh, rice and banana, and we also shipped those out. Mm-hmm. And so I was always, and his, you know, his right hand man. I always been there with him. So I had to start doing the business from there. Mm-hmm. But then when I re- I left and I started coming on my own, I started studying electronics. And uh, when I, I decided to make a trip to Panama, and there I stood and worked different places until I went to Bocas del Toro Almirante, where my uncle uh, lived. And there I went, and I opened a little business. I was working with a, a young uh, a Spanish guy, and he left. And he said, if I wanted a business, I could take it over. So I started doing my business there as a radio repair person oh. before I came to this country. Okay, so you had your first start in radio in Costa Rica. Okay, yes. I didn't know that. So, question: yes. when you when you when you when you left your home, you said you left because you were your right your dad's right hand man. What made you leave your home, and what at what age were you when you left your home in Costa well, Rica? Well, once my father came from work early, and I was in the back of the base. Toilet, you know, way back is about like 50 yards behind the house, and I was smoking. And he came up to the door, the back door in the house, and saw the smoke from the toilet. So when I came out the toilet door, he came, he was just waiting on me with his hands above the doors, two hands stretched out across the door. So when I went up to him, he asked me what was I doing in there. He saw smoke. So I didn't answer him right away. So I said, okay, so. You're smoking. And so you're a bull. So two bulls cannot rule in the same pen. So one of them had to go, and that he wasn't going. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave the next day. And then my brother, which is the one that followed me, he went along with me to a, a, a new developing town where there was uh, planting uh, bananas. So we went down there, called in a place called Fortuna, and we worked in the, with the company for about a year. Both of us, we had our own little uh, uh, shanty, little over mm-hmm. little house that they have, you know, like they build individual houses for the different workers. Mm-hmm. So we had our own house, so to speak. Okay, okay. and that was my like, first adventure. And which bro- which brother was that? And how old were you guys? I was sixteen, and my brother was fourteen. You were sixteen, and your brother was fourteen, and y'all had a business at sixteen and fourteen. Not a business. We went to work. They went to work. Okay. Went to work in a different uh, town, a different, you know, locale. Okay. And mom, so, how? Uh, no, the business, but that came a little later on. That went because I work also as a as a clerk in a in a commissary. You know, they are you know, the banana company. They had a big family uh, commissary mm-hmm. where people did shopping. Yeah. So I worked. I worked there for a while, for a couple of years, while I was studying. Electronic by correspondence. I oh. started with Enfield Schools. 
Okay. And mom? I was taking the, studying television, radio and television at that time. Okay. And so this when one is, I was working, yeah. yes, I was also studying. Okay. And this one is for mom. Mom, question. Do you, do you remember your first adventure as an entrepreneur? Uh, Wilfred, when I graduated from Wilfred Academy, and I started working for myself at home. And so what were you doing at home? I, I had customers. No, but what, no, what kind of business was it? You didn't say, was hair. it? <laughs> oh, hair. Oh, you was doing hair. hair. Okay, well, yeah. what, what made you, What made you? because well, growing up as a kid, I watched you do customers' hairs uh, at the house, and you never really... You never really said why why you never worked at a salon and why you chose to work from the the home. Why why was that? Well, it was five hundred dollars a week. You had to pay for for a boot, and I figured if I stayed home and did it, I would, you know, I would get the benefit of it. Okay, and the and the okay. good part about that is we got to as kids we got to watch you, you know, work from home as an entrepreneur and do people's hair. And so I have a question to ask you. And uh, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but it's, a, it's something that happened when you were, uh, I'll give the lady an alias, but you had a customer and she used to bring us um, different treats. Can you tell the story why you told us not to, te- not to take those treats from this, uh, <laughs> from this customer? Uh, you can give her an alias if you want to. Well, the reason <laughs> why is because um, she figured she brought your treats you would not, if you if you would bring this guy a treat, she wouldn't pay me for doing her hair. Oh, so she paid you like some of the money or she tried to not pay you? Um, she took she money out? Oh, she didn't pay you at all. Oh, she tried to pay you. Oh, okay. So and I want to pay. So okay. If she bring the treat, she wouldn't have to pay. Okay, so I remember, so I remember when that happened. Now you... You didn't. Uh, you didn't tell us right away. You just told us don't take treats from this lady. But you didn't. You didn't. You never really explain, explained to us that the reason why was um, because she didn't want to pay you, and that's why she was bringing the treats. Could you tell me right. what made you decide not to tell us as kids, and then you waited so long before you told us finally? Well, I didn't feel it was important, and you all didn't ask why. <laughs> well, mom, you know kids are kids are never gonna ask if, if someone's giving them treats. They're not gonna ask why 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 this lady's giving us treats. <laughs> I, I know. I never thought about it that way. Okay, but well, I figured I had enough treats at home for you guys. You didn't have to take from anyone. Mm-hmm. And and one other thing I, I've noticed also, you had a tendency. Like one of the things that I that I that I because I I take from both of you guys, you and dad. One of the things that you that you you both do is you're very generous. So there was something that you would do with your customers. I noticed that you had a certain fee that you charge customers, but there were some customers who were less fortunate, and you would sometimes not charge them the full amount. Sometimes, and in some cases, didn't charge them at all. What made you do that as a a person with you know you had your own children? You had there was seven of us at one point. What made you? Um, be so generous. Well, I learned that from my mom. Back home, she would um, she would help people who cannot afford food. She would always cook enough, mm-hmm. and we would have to take it over to their house. And people who could not afford, that's what we do. <laughs> so I grew up with that 
tendency, you know, to give to the ones who cannot afford and help them out. And somewhere along the line, someone will help my, maybe not me, but my children mm. out. Well, that was a very you helpful know, lesson for us to learn. Yes, if you do good for, I may do good for somebody, it don't come back to me, but it may come back to one of my kids or my grands. That's how I we look at it. No, it's been very, it's been very helpful in my life. Uh, I have a question. So, so you, you two guys, when you, um, Dad, when you opened the business, so you opened a, um, you opened a business in 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 um, Morrison. It was a, a TV repair shop. Could you tell me about how you started that business, and uh, and what happened to the business, and how long were you in business for? All right. Uh, yeah, I could get straight to the point on this. Uh, well, once I came up to the United States, uh, went to RCA studying uh, at radio and TV, and then uh, uh, one of the representatives from Sears Roebuck came to the school and said, "Well, upon graduation, if we were interested, we could uh, come over to their place in Queens, uh, uh, Cottage Point, Queens. They had a uh, repair store there, so we could come once we graduated." So after graduation, that's the first thing I did. I went to Sears. I spoke to the gentleman. His name is Mr. Yodis, used to call him. And he employed me. And I worked there for six years. But while I was working there, in the back of my head, I said, you know, one day I'd like to have my own business. And I was always passing by this store next to the library on Morrison. Yeah. And there was a gentleman who had a little radio business there, and he was always sitting outside. Because he had so many crap in there that he could not even go inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was working on the outside. Right. So I said, this guy is not doing anything. So I, I made a proposal to him. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, would you like to sell, get rid of this business? And he said, well, how much are we willing to pay? So I had a little saving with from the company. Mm-hmm. So I took my savings and I paid $5,000 for it. I offered him. And he agreed. Mm-hmm. And we took over and uh, started cleaning out everything that he had in there and painted it and started my own business there as Glenn's Telelab. Yes, Glenn's okay. Telelab. Been tele- uh, yeah, mm-hmm. television laboratory. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we worked there for four years to fix radios, televisions, stereos, whatever electronics that they brought. But people sometimes would delay in the taking back, you know, once you do the repair, a lot of people not, not didn't come back for their, their stuff. I remember that because we had some of the, yeah, we so had some of the stuff in the house. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. a bunch of TVs. I have to mention that we had a bunch of TVs in the house because um, whenever, um, we loved it as, I lo- well, I, I'll speak for myself. I loved it as a child that, that some of these people didn't come back for their TVs and radios because I had <laughs> yeah, at well, least man, three TVs. Wanted <laughs> you wanted yeah, the money so, and I wanted yeah, the TVs. <laughs> You wanted the money, and I wanted the TVs. Yeah. Well, we got along that way for a while, uh, but we saw that uh, around the area, a lot of business was being starting to burn out. So, uh-huh. you know, we started taking up our books. Right. Because, say, you know, one of these days, they may light this place of fire. Right. And that's so said, so done. One morning, they called me up, told me that the business was on fire. Mm. So, but I had books at home, so I know all who had TVs in there. Yes. And, of course, we had a little insurance. Yeah. So with the, the the benefit from the insurance, we paid off all who had their their TVs there. So we didn't go have to hide from anybody. Oh, so so you, they are all paid for. Also, oh, use the insurance and, to, to, and, uh, to take care of the people. 
Yes. Okay. Instead of going back into the business, my wife, she said she's not going back because we used to work very late hours. I remember. Sometimes we would leave out there from 3, 4 in the morning. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then uh, back at 10 o'clock in the, in the day, we have to go, you know, return. So she said she don't want to go back in any type of business like that. Furthermore, the rent that we used to pay, they tripled that rent once, once it's rebuilt. Right. So it was a losing proposition. Mm. So that's when I, I looked towards the school. One of my brothers suggested that I should be, a, you know, go and teach this uh, this subject. So when one, uh, you know the one, uh, Ray. Ray. Yeah, he suggested that I, that I go to the, you know, the, the company and uh, the Board of Education and apply for a job there. And I did. I had to start studying again to get my GED with them. Because they would not employ me without that. So I took course in the GED and I passed it on the first trial. Mm-hmm. And in 1983, I was employed as a as a teacher, board education teacher. Mm. And I taught there for 20 years. I taught electronics, television, and uh, computer technology. Once we were there, computers started to come in. So I, I also taught computers. So I have a question that what advice, because you had a very, like a lot of the things that I, that I teach younger people that I meet is a lot of principles that you taught me about hard work. I would like to know what advice would you give to a younger person coming now? Cause a lot has, a lot has changed, but a lot, a lot has not. What advice would you give to a younger person on how they can move ahead in whatever type of business they're in, or even perhaps working for themselves? What, what's required? Well, the first thing, you have to like whatever you're going to do for, for life. Let's put it that way. You want to do have something that you're going to work on and be contented, happy. And then the second thing is to master your subject. If there is a certain limit that you have to go, go the limit to where you become the best of whatever you do. Okay? But education has to do with it. Okay? So this is my primary advice. Stay in school and uh, select a profession that you know that you will like for the rest of your life. And mom, same question. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would give the same answer. You can't you give know? the same answer, mom. Cool. What, what, what you? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. You got to be passionate whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not passionate, then. It won't work, you know. You have to make sure that this is what I want to do. And if you try it and it don't work, maybe you try something else. Okay. So I I, I often... What's that? I said just try something. Try something. But don't just sit and try nothing. Okay. So I have a question. So you, I always tell people that I have... You both of you two inside and both of you, like your mom, your cool head and his dad, sometimes your very stern behavior. I would like to yeah. know, um, Mom, how do you deal with when you deal with a difficult person? How do you deal with someone who's going out of their way to make your life um, issues in your life? How do you deal with it? Well, you just have to, um, sometimes you have to ignore. Some people, you just have to ignore them, you know? Mm-hmm. You stay away and you, you try not to be in their way. Just mm-hmm. avoid their, you know? They can't talk, and, and this way, if you avoid them, you know, you say your peace and you keep on going. 
mm-hmm. know. Don't try to fight. Remember, always remember it takes two. Mm-hmm. And Dad, same okay. question. Well, for me, I just keep doing what I know I want to do. And as long as you don't get in my way, I won't get in yours. What if they get in your way? Don't get in my way. What happens when they get in your way, Dad? Come on, tell the truth. I want to know. No, well, it's not easy, but you got to have a certain resolve that you know that you're to play the bigger person. Mm-hmm, agreed. Okay? Try to play the bigger person. I don't have not many or confrontation, so to speak, in mm-hmm. that regard. Yeah. But you got to play, try to play the bigger person. I agree. Okay? <clears throat> so if you, have to talk, if you have to talk to the person and let them know where you're coming from, you talk to them. And let them know, this is not going to happen. All right? Mm-hmm. So if it's something that, you, that I'm not doing that you don't like, just let me know. And I will not uh, try to avoid doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't come in my way. Because, you know, then I will have to let you know what I want <laughs> and what I don't want. Right. <laughs> So, Dad, there was something that you told me that something that that it stays with me uh, to this day. I didn't always uh, follow it, but you you would tell me that um, what was the word you said exactly? You said if you're on time, you're late. So that you have a very you have a resolve about about punctuality, and to this day, I always, I often get places early. What what is that about? And and where did you pick this up from? No, I, I always believe to be. On time, before the time. Mm-hmm. See, and number number one or number two, I was never fired from a job in my life. Never fired never, in your life from a job? Never? Never been fired from a job. Hmm. I always leave out when I when I th- think it's time to leave. Or I give you advice and let you know I'm leaving. The other time I left the company, like in, 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 in Batan, Costa Rica, because the company shut down. Mm-hmm. The United Fruit Company. So they closed the commissary, and that's when I had to leave there. Mm-hmm. Okay? But uh, usually <laughs> I work for myself. Basically, I work as a helper in, in San Jose, and uh, like uh, in a repair shop, I used to help out. And at night, I would play pool, and uh, as a little supplement, they used to consider me like a, a pool shark. <laughs> Wait, I, I got to stop you there, Dad. I, I don't think you're being 100% honest with that answer. You, yeah, but. not a little pool shark. So your brother, one of your brothers, I'm not going to say who, he said that don't let your dad downplay his pool, his pool abilities, that you actually was a pool hustler for a, a couple of years. Is this true? Oh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to brag on it. Uh-huh. But I, I was the best in, in, in town in, 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 the, in the entire the month. Wow. And so, I don't play with anyone. I don't have to know you play. I don't have to see you. Uh, one guy that surprised me, I remember, I said, if you're, too, if you're shorter than me, you can't beat me. Okay. And this guy, they called him Chiquitina, I remember his name. He was one of the, um, the you know, the, the pool, uh, he takes care of the pool. Mm-hmm. The pool business. So he lives there. Okay. And this guy was from San Jose also. So when, when I went to the money and I, we met and we started to play, he wins two, I win two. He wins one, I win three. He wins three, I win two. And then he said to me, enough, we are wasting our time. We cannot play. <coughs> Same thing when, when I went to San Jose. Mm-hmm. I met a guy the first time when I went there and I rode the market square. A guy named Pichitas. Mm-hmm. I remember his name. He had a beat down one guy. Then another guy came and he knocked him off. 
about three, four guys. Then uh, after that, now there was no one else. So I fixed up the queue. I said, well, let's, let's, can we have a game? So he and I um, started to play. And we played and played on him, say, man, we're just wasting our time here. So mm-hmm. I tell you what, uh, come with me tomorrow at this place, and I want to take you to a certain place. And he and I, the next day, we went down to a place they called Moravia, and we started hanging out into different areas. When they don't want him to play, he would say, well, let, let the black guy play. And Moreno, they had to play and Moreno. Mm-hmm. So then I would play, and same thing would happen with them. They would get, they would lose. So we, we walked around the town. Okay, so I have... I'll wake, <laughs> wake up in the food uh-huh. shop. So, Dad, I have a so, question for you. Could you yeah. cover something? Uh, so you, we, you is seven of us, and, and um, we, don't, uh, we don't speak Spanish, and you and Mom speak Spanish fluently. Now, we realized, at some point you guys realized that it would have been beneficial for us to learn Spanish. Yeah, at some point. At some but point. That was kind of a little late. What, what made you guys decide not to raise bilingual children? I'm curious. Well, we didn't think it was that important, the Spanish, in the, uh, at the time. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't know that. We didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That Spanish was, was, a, was a second language here in the United States. Oh, okay. So we didn't realize that. We didn't realize that. We would have definitely, you know, tried to inculcate that. Right. Because we, we did went to Spanish... So I speak Spanish, I write it, mm-hmm. I read it, and I speak it. Let me hear a little bit of that for our listeners. Tell them, give them that whole thing, but do it in Spanish. Lo que yo sé leer en español, escribo y también lo hablo. Wow. Did they get that? I'm sure they got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I have another question that I asked that I asked. Um, our nine to five killers. What, what advice? You just gave some advice to younger people. What advice would you give to a younger Glenn if you knew everything that you know now? What advice would you give yourself back then? If you had all the information was, you have right now, if you can go back, what advice would you give yourself, your younger you? If I was to go back and uh, to become uh, you know the girl that I am now, the first thing I would try to do is to improve you know improve my education mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. my status. Go as far as you can, mm-hmm. because uh, just a, a regular degree today, what you call a bachelor, is not even enough. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to go have your PhD if it's possible. But that, that <coughs> would be my that would be my goal. I'm surprised to hear you say that. No, yeah, why? Because you you of you of in 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 everything that you've I've seen you do. You have been a very accomplished person, and you let me see that a degree is. I think that a degree. I I agree with you that a degree is important, but I don't believe that degree is a make of a man. The things that I've seen you accomplish without a degree inspired me to do many of the things, and now a lot of the things that I can do currently, and the money that I can make on my own without the degree, because you know before the degree they said it was a passport, it was a key. Now, every time a person goes up in stature or in education, they move the bar. They change the rules. You showed me that no matter how many times they change a rule, you outworked people. You got in positions as I've gotten in positions without a degree. So I'm surprised to hear you mm-hmm. say you would, you would want to enhance the degree. Not that I disagree. Yeah, because but, then yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, will, I could improve myself even further in mm-hmm. whatever I do. 
Let's okay. say if I was just a repair person mm-hmm. uh, with a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. But if I have a master's degree, I could become a designer. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have my own design. Mm-hmm. But what about what do you what, what do you think about what do you think about the people that there are people that manage us that don't have any degree. They just know that they're just a friend of the, the owner's co- cousin. And you fight. No, no, that's not, uh-huh. no problem with that. No problem? That's great. If you can get along with, you know, with other, there are certain businesses. Mm-hmm. All right? You have to understand this. Mm-hmm. There are certain businesses that you don't need a degree to progress. <coughs> it depends on your, your investment, your uh, surroundings, the people that you surround with, and how you move around and try to project yourself in certain type of businesses that you don't really have to be an educator mm-hmm. or, uh, you know. I agree with that. Or, or anything like that. It all depends on certain business that can do that. No, I agree, I I agree like with in that. In terms of my business where I was doing uh, mm. electronics, right? the only electronics you can do, uh, the further you can do, is the best, better for you. Right. Okay. That makes sense. What are what are your what are your goals? Because you you retired. When did you retire? I think it's two thousand five. So you retired, but you never you never seem to slow down. You never seem to be. You always seem to be working on something. When I call you, so when you retired, was it because that you wanted to stop working? Because you seem to work more now in terms of like you always like when I, you're working on something. Every time I come over to see you, yeah. What right, what, what my, yeah? What's your passions now? Yeah, one of my passion was the the Rubik's cube. Oh yeah, I know that. That, that was the um, in other words, keep me, uh, keep my brains moving, mm-hmm. keep it sharp, so to right. speak. Mm-hmm. Then the next one was chess, which you know about. Yeah, I beat you a couple times in chess, not many times, but a few. <laughs> I have twenty-seven books in chess, so what? I, when you play with me, you play with the book. Well, you have twenty. You have twenty-seven books in chess. Twenty-seven. I may have about twenty-five now. Okay, I have like I have one book. I read half of it. But I still beat you every once in a while. No, no, no. What I'm trying to tell you, when you when you win, I'm kidding. When when I when I win is what? When you win, it's just because. Oh, I see. I see, mom. I have a question for you, mom. Has dad always been this way? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. So, mom, questions for you, mom. Now, Uh I'm going to ask you. You can go back in time. Everything that you know now, in terms of of business and everything else. What would you, would there, would there be anything that you would change if you knew what you know now going back to yourself as a younger woman? Mm, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be anything, Ma, anything. It's, a, it's hypothetical. I, I feel that I, if I had to go back, mm-hmm. I probably would have um, changed a lot of things. Like, you know, like, like one thing, my, you know, get my own salon. Get your own salon, okay? That I was doing instead of doing it at home. Uh-huh. But the real reason why I did it at home is this way I didn't have to pay a babysitter either. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's smart. okay. I didn't have to pay a babysitter. I was there. And those many babies. <laughs> and you know what? We appreciate that because you know what? We wouldn't have got to see it. So I'm actually glad that you didn't have a salon because uh, because we got to watch you work. And that's some of the things that I look at whenever I think that I can't do something. I remember you, I remember you as a as a mother being able to cook. You doing people's hair, and you had time to still watch us do homework. So 
I think that that was yeah. a good decision for you to stay home mm-hmm. with us. Go to school and, <laughs> and find new guys. Oh I yeah, was and able y- to do that if I was mm-hmm. working in the shop, I wouldn't be able to do that. Good point. Yeah, good point. Good point. What the As I work as a school aide, so I could have monitored Brandon and Clarence there mm-hmm. when they, you know, mm-hmm. when they misbehave. <laughs> right. What would you guys say is one of the the things that because you guys you guys at one point had to coexist and work with one another? How did you guys govern? That you know you that you were able to do the hair and watch the kids, but you still had food ready. And Dad, you were able to come in and how did you guys divvy up and share responsibility for our education and things of that nature? You know, I was the educator, mm-hmm. so I had to make sure homework was done and your your, your writing was on on point. Started mm-hmm. your eyes and across your teeth and make sure you're on the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, like I said, first homework, and then I'll impart what you didn't get in school. I'll teach you guys that one of my main thing was the table, the times table. I remember. Everyone that asked me, I to know the times table from 2 to 12. Even my grandson, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to know from the 2 to the 12, and he could take upwards and backwards. Okay, so I figured that was very important to know uh, your times table. Because you could able to cipher things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then uh, reading, to read and understand what you're reading. Because, mm-hmm. you know... Reading and comprehension. I believe that uh, one of the things that I really believe in is that uh, reading is the gateway to knowledge. I agree. Okay? Reading is the gateway to knowledge. And the more you read, the more you learn. That's why I have uh, these many books. I can't even give them away today because people don't read anymore. You want to get rid of them. If you, okay. If you know a way how, let me know. Oh, you trying to get rid of them, Mom? I have over, <laughs> five, uh, over 200 books I have, I have here. I would like to oh. just give them away. Oh, yeah, I'm nobody sure you could wants. donate them. Yeah, I'm sure you could donate them. No, nobody wants them. They're out of what to call date. Okay. Um, well, guys, I have a final question for you guys. Yeah. And I want to know, and, and you can answer as honestly as you want to. Now, okay. in, because part of the thing, part of the things that, as you know, what I'm doing here is nine to five killers are people that, that uh, have killed their day jobs to pursue their passion. So I want each of you, starting with dad, I want you to tell me a time that you worked for somebody and you, and you realized that, Working for someone else, how difficult it was, because you have you have the experience of working for someone, and you have a um, you have a you have experience working for yourself. So, give me the example of of how of how one is the, over the other, like working for someone and then working for yourself. Uh, like when I was working for Sears, yeah, I had like a set salary, a wages they give you an hourly rate, wage, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But I, I figured that by working for myself. And my hourly wage don't have to be uh, limited. Mm. Follow? Yeah, I follow. So it would all depend on my own uh, progress, my uh, my own ability. And if I can uh, do an X amount for the week or for the month, I will see that benefit 
directly instead of having to have a, to sub, be subjected to a standard or fixed price, so to speak. So right. I don't want to have to be subjected to a fixed price. So that's why that's where the adventure comes in, okay. uh, or the entrepreneurship right. that you your 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 salary is uh, dependent upon your own achievement. Okay, and so Ma- you're working for yourself. You work with more, uh, I would say, more what we call animal or strive, vigor, or interest. You work. You're working for yourself, right? Than if you're working for somebody else. Correct. And okay. mom, what about you, mom? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I feel that when you're working for yourself, you're better off than when you're working for somebody else because you're limited to to, uh, to salary. Mm-hmm. Wherein when you work for yourself, you know you can go as far as you want to go, and you could set your own hours, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But when you're working for someone, they set the hours, you know, they set the rules. Mm-hmm. When you're working for yourself, you set your own goals mm-hmm. and your own rules. Okay. And and one last thing that I know I said that was the last one, but I have, I remember a story you told me of a time with a, with a, with a, with a, 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 a boss you worked for and, uh, and you had a time with him, but then you set him straight about something. I don't remember. It was, I was younger, but you told me, that you had did some work for him and that he he didn't appreciate it and he talked to you in a certain way that you didn't appreciate it. But I don't remember how did you resolve it. Uh, me, hi, mom is talking about me. No, I'm talking about you, dad. Oh, well, you know, this happened to be the same person that hired me and that came to RCA school. Uh-huh. And oh, really? When I, I got graduated, I went and worked for them in College Point. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day he asked me to un- install uh, uh, antennas on the roof in, in, the, in the same store that we that we uh, worked at. Right. And it looked like I had a staple that went through one of the wires because you know we had to run wires, and the wires are like two different sides. Right. The three hundred uh, flat ribbon we call it. Right. So when you staple it to the wall, one of the staples went through one side of the of uh, of, uh, of the of the cable. Instead mm-hmm. of going right in the middle, and he came up and he saw it and he said, uh, "Well, which dummy installed this antenna?" But he gave me the job. Oh, yeah. So I hold him by his two shoulders and put him in a corner. What? And I, said, I respect you as a supervisor, <laughs> right? But don't you ever talk to me like that again. You know, you gave me this job, so you know I did it. Right. Talk to me and let me know. Oh wow! And they didn't yeah. fire you for that. That's what one of the Spanish guys said, uh, no, the Cuban guy. I remember him very well. He oh. said, Go on your grand. <laughs> Stay so and so and Hefe. You you go back to the to the Hefe, he's the boss. He's the boss. Yes. <laughs> oh, but he didn't he didn't fire you for that? No. Wow. No, no. Okay. I told him I said I respect you all, but as a as a man and man to man, you don't don't disrespect me. Okay, so now I see where I get it from. See if I was if I was I'm glad I'm balanced with the both of you guys. <laughs> well, well, mom and dad, thank yes, you so much. Well, I we I we we, we appreciate. Good from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. Yes, yes. I didn't know it ended like that. <laughs> but that's the only time I, ever, I recall ever losing my temper like that. Wow. Okay. And I never I never lost it again. Well, that's good. <laughs> but I worked there for six years. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, mom and dad, um, thank yeah. you for thank you for joining us and and giving this great advice and this great interview. Uh, it's our pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Right. And we love you too, man. We love you too, dad. I love you too. All right, bye. Have a good one. Bye. The 9 to 5 Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.